0: Hello, and welcome to Regroup Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Kelly Fitzgerald, also known as the Sober Senorita.
1: And I am Carly Benson, your other host. I am the author behind MiraclesAreBrewing.com.
0: And today on our podcast, we have a very special guest, Tracy Murphy. Tracy Murphy is a sober, cisgender lesbian whose passion is making sure people can see themselves represented in the recovery community. Tracy is a founder of LGBT Teetotaler, where she not only shares her story and experiences as a sober queer woman, but highlights the stories of other queer and trans people on all forms of recovery. Her goal is to help foster a truly intersectional recovery culture where all sorts of people can see their experiences reflected back to them and be inspired to make changes in their lives, or at the very least, know that they aren't alone. Tracy currently resides in Portland, Oregon, but will always be a New Englander at heart. She's a cat lady who loves to juggle, hike, read, create art, watch queer lady movies, and listen to way too much 90s music. Welcome, Tracy.
1: Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, I'm so excited. Oh my glad gosh, you're here. I'm so glad. I'm excited to talk to you, because like, I don't know that much about your story, and I feel like um, there's going to be lots of interesting topics that we're going to cover today. So I'm super excited to
2: chat with you. And yeah.
1: a, you, you're a juggler? I do. Yeah. I
2: do. I juggle. I juggle. That's yeah. awesome. I love, that. I love that that's part of your bio. I do. It's a really important thing to let people know that I do, that I'm just not like this brain, that I have other talents. <laughs> I think
0: that's very important.
1: That's yeah. awesome. And Portland yeah. is such a cool city. I went there one time for a conference and it was like right in downtown so I got to do like all the food trucks and like it just seemed like a really cool place are you right in the city like in downtown or where are you like out, are you outside
2: well the first three years that I lived here I lived in downtown and now I'm like I don't know about a mile and a half outside of downtown but I'm still in the actual city of yeah Portland. so you're still yeah. close yeah yeah what a cool yeah. place it is. It's beautiful here. That's
0: awesome. I haven't been yet, but I definitely want to go. You should. You definitely you should. should.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Best grilled cheese I've ever had in my life was from one of those food <laughs> trucks. <I said. laughs> of course I got the grilled cheese. I mean.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get right into it. So, yeah. I mean, your bio is awesome. I feel like I already know a lot about you, but um, tell us more about yourself, who you are. Um, What you do like for work in your free time, let us give us the scoop. Who is Tracy?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, i live in Portland. As I said, I've been out here for about five years now. Um, I had originally, you know, with an ex-girlfriend of mine, we picked up, but we left New England and did an eight week road trip to get out here. And so that was pretty cool. We like camped across the United States, which if you ever have the opportunity, do it. It's the coolest thing ever. Um, right now though, I'm, I'm unemployed. My company had gone out of business at the end of last year. So I've been kind of just taking time and, you know, resting and figuring out what my next steps are. So I am, you know, very much looking for a job right now. Um, I have been working in health insurance for years and years and years. So, um, but so for fun, I like to read and hike. Uh, There's so much hiking out here in Portland. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I juggle uh, all the time. (laughs) Um, I love that. I just love that. (laughs) Uh, But I've been writing and and I've been really like, um, you know, talking to a lot of other like um, sober queer people about their experiences and, and what's missing from the community. So that's what I've been up to.
1: Awesome. And so you, well, let's put it out to the universe. You said you're looking for work. Do you want to stay in healthcare? Like what kind of a job are you looking for?
2: I'm currently looking in, in health insurance. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I have a lot of experience there and I, I actually feel like I can probably use a lot of my knowledge to do some good. So yeah, cool.
0: of course. All right.
1: So if anybody's listening, if you have any health insurance jobs or know anybody you know hook a sister up he's
0: available yeah
1: I am. I am I
2: can work remotely whatever you need yeah you know
0: (laughs) yeah I wasn't aware that you traveled to Portland with your ex-girlfriend so that was news to me yeah and camped on the way that's cool I've
1: always wanted to do like a road trip like that like kind of um like up the coast, like of like California, and like getting into like Washington and Portland, and that whole thing I think would be cool,
2: yeah, we did the whole like Pacific Coast highway, so we took like yes. two weeks just in California, and it was beautiful. It was That's the most awesome yeah. That's awesome
1: Good. so cool,
0: cool. Well, what about the word regroup, the name of our podcast? What does that word mean to you, Tracy?
2: Yeah, so um to me, and, and I think of it like visually. So I have like a picture in my head when I hear the word regroup and it's kind of like, um, you know, like when you have like all sorts of like, we'll call them like balls or whatever, just like out there and out there. And then you just get to a point where you're like, Oh, I need to collect these and I need to get back to where I am and get everything in order and collect what I need to get. And maybe some of them are like too far out of reach um, but mm. those are the ones you don't need anymore, anyway, so you get the ones that you can and then and that's where you're at, and then you get you know organized again, and then everything starts starts go drifting out again It's so like a regroup is not a one and done it's something that you have to just keep doing and keep noticing and keep keep pulling together. I love that
0: yes, I, I love mean... that too. I love it every time we ask our guests that it's always different. So I, I love loved
1: the insight. visual representation. And I'm like, I can't help, but think of like, you're juggling a lot of balls, yes.
2: you know? Yes, <laughs> I do it, that's, that's what I was thinking,
0: I had to do with juggling. Yeah,
2: yeah it, you know, and I, I was initially, I was just like, oh, like regroup, is like, you know, if when you're juggling, but it's just like, when you're juggling, you should be in control of those balls. So yeah. it's not, not necessarily the same thing, but it, yeah, it's right. very similar. It's like when you're learning to juggle and everything gets out of control. <laughs>
1: Totally, and honestly, it sounds like you're actually inside of a regroup right now, you know, like, you moved out there, that kind of changed your regrouping from that situation Mm because you have the ex-girlfriend you mentioned, and, like, you're regrouping from your job, and I know that you um, have a regroup story about your sobriety, so, like, why don't you give us just, like, a brief overview of of what your, like, you know, sobriety regroup story looks like, and maybe even what regrouping right now looks like for you
2: yeah absolutely so um I you know my ex-girlfriend and I we're still like very close friends so I want to put that out there because that's kind of part of like my whole sobriety journey is the fact that she and I are still really close um so we when we moved out here in 2013 like she stopped drinking and got sober um pretty quickly thereafter. So that was really what triggered me to start thinking about my drinking because we drank the same. You know, we I mean, we were together for years and we drank the same and we did, you know, the same things at parties and and all of that. So that's where I really started like looking at my own drinking and I started tr- really trying to figure out, you know, the obsession phase where you're obsessing about whether or not you should be drinking or not or if you're drinking too much or or like oh I'm not gonna drink tonight but then you do anyway like that whole thing lasted for way too long probably Mm -hmm. (laughs) probably like a year and a half or two years of me talking, in me like just talking to her about it and her just saying like why don't you just stop like why are you thinking about it so much why don't you just stop Mm -hmm. um so yeah so I tried I did I stopped in 2015 and um but just, I just stopped. So I wouldn't have to think about it anymore. Um, I didn't stop with any intention behind it. I didn't stop and then like really do any work around it. Um, I just stopped drinking. So that was basically the summer of 2015. Um, and then in September, she and I broke up and, um, yeah. So she and I broke up and I was really determined to like not deal with that with alcohol. Like it was really something that was like very important to me. Good for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just, I, and I just, so I, I didn't start drinking again. Like, I mean, I, I, I didn't start drinking regularly again after that. Like I would, I, I think maybe I went out a couple of times with friends and had some beers, but it, w- it didn't turn into like a coping mechanism for me at that point. Um, uh, and then in uh, October of that year, um, a, a friend of mine that we had become like a little codependent, and it was a little bit of like a weird kind of situation. Um, she was married. Um, we were just in this in, in in this really weird and kind of undescribable sort of like relationship slash friendship. Um, mm-hmm. She had come out to visit. Um, in October and she was just like hey let's go out drinking and I was like all right so like I did and I got like super shit-faced and then you know like that turned into my like daily routine after that I started with the like oh I'm only gonna drink if I'm out at bars Mm -hmm. or like oh I'm only gonna stop and pick up like one beer on the way home oh like i'm only gonna get a six-pack you know what i mean it was just like that progression that happens yeah all the rules mm-hmm. all the rules right yeah. yeah. just yeah. don't we all freaking do those work silly yeah and i didn't realize everyone did that until i stopped freaking i was like oh everyone fucking does that okay i get it mm-hmm. uh, me too it was such a yeah. relief yeah <laughs> I'm like, damn so, it, why can't I do this? So you right? Just, like, beat yourself up every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, oh, like, lots of people have a hard time with that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so so that happened. And then she had come back out in, in December. And we, again, got super shit-faced and we, like, hooked up. And um, so after that, like, we didn't really talk about it. We still went on with our completely codependent, like, Um, weird relationship, which, by the way, she and I are still friends, and we've, like, worked through all of this, so, like, it's great, but um, a lot of people ask me about that, so I wanted to put that out there, like, Mm -hmm. right away. So, um, yeah, and then, so, we did that, um, and, you know, I went through into the new year, and then, you know, at some point, her husband called me. No! Um, (laughs) Yeah! know like he like asked me point blank if we had hooked up and like I and I just I'm not a liar like I'm not a liar I'm not good at it I don't Ah. think well on my feet that way so I was honest and I was like yes we did we just did that once you know like I went through the whole thing and so like our friendship like blew up at that point And I was just like, Oh, like, I need to take a long weekend. So like, this is me thinking about all of this stuff on like a Friday. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to take a long weekend next weekend. And I sat down and I watched like forgetting Sarah Marshall. And I was like, oh, I'm going to like forgetting Sarah Marshall my life right now. And I was like, I'm going to take a long weekend. I'm going to go to Hawaii. So this was on a yeah. Friday. The following <laughs> Wednesday, I was like on a plane to Hawaii. And- I love it. I mean, yeah. I just, I love that movie too, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's such a good movie. Such a good movie. Um, so yeah, so the following Wednesday, I was on a plane to Hawaii. And like, and flying has never been a problem for me. I've never like been one to like drink while flying. So I was like, I'm going to, do- I'm not going to drink on this weekend. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to use that to deal with stuff. So, you know, I get there, I get it to my hotel, I take a walk, I go to a bar to get something to eat. And I see, I'm like, oh man, they have like Sam Adams on draft here. So I, I drank because I was really excited about that because in Portland, you can't find it. It's a New England beer that is national now, but it's not as big of a deal in Portland. And so I did. And I didn't get super drunk. Like I only had like two or three beers. It wasn't a big deal. But the next morning I woke up and I was just so disappointed with myself Mm -hmm. that that was how I chose to deal with things. And I could like just see into the future a few years and just see myself like descending. And I was just like, no, no, that's it. I'm done. Not anymore. And that was it. That was January 28th, 2016. And that was, that was my sobriety date.
1: That was just it. You were just done. Yay. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I feel like
0: so many of us have an epiphany moment like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that it wasn't necessarily this like crazy rock bottom, you know, like I feel like a lot of people think they need to like hit this crazy bottom. And like it was a bottom for you for sure because you just felt like, crap, and you were tired of it, but it's not like this, like, stigmatized rock bottom, you know, and I just, anyone that's listening, I just want to remind you that you don't have to let your life get completely out of control and unmanageable to really take a long, hard look at your relationship with alcohol and change it, you know, and I think... Tracy, I think your story is a perfect example of, like, what I always preach of, like, the only question you need to ask yourself is, does it make you feel good or not? And if right. it doesn't, then that's the only question and answer you need, you know? So good for you, man. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I feel like so many of us have those moments where it's part of, like, a cycle. Like, I know for me, I had many, many times like that where mm-hmm. I woke up in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, I hate myself, I'm disappointed in myself, I'm tired of this shit, and it wasn't until that one time that I finally was like, okay, no more.
1: Yeah, mine was like feel that like, too.
0: Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. that's almost more common than those, um, you know, stigmatized rock bottoms that we always hear about.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like I got to this point where I was like, no, I really actually am sick and tired of being sick and tired, and like, mm-hmm. I'm exhausted and this isn't fun anymore.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. hmm Well, you kind of um, already answered this one a little bit, Tracy, but was there a specific time or maybe a a deeper sense of knowing that you had at that point in time down in your soul that you knew you wanted and needed to change right before you got sober and regrouped?
2: I mean, mostly just that, but there was also just like the nagging feeling inside of me, like, like seeing the future and like knowing where the drinking would take me. Mm -hmm. Um, just from like experience that I had with, you know, friends and family that I know who have had, you know, drinking problems or what have you, and just seeing where they have been and, and knowing that like, I could very easily get there if I didn't like just cut the shit and like deal with my stuff like an adult.
0: So, Mm. yeah. And did you know right away that like you were going to get sober and you were going to stay sober?
2: Yeah, I knew it was just I was done. Like I texted two people immediately, and I was like, "I'm done drinking. This is it. I'm done." And that, yeah,
1: yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's interesting too, because I feel like sometimes we all have different feelings about that too. Like in my case, I was just like, I felt like there was no other choice at the time, but I wasn't sure if it was it going to last forever or like just be a month or a year. So that's interesting that you knew right away that you wanted to be sober.
2: Yeah, like go big or go home, you know? Yeah, that's good. I love that. And you go for it. (laughs) Yeah, it was different
1: for me too. I kind of was like, all right, let me just see if I can do this thing for like 30 Mm -hmm. days and then 60 and then 90. And then I was like, I just kept going. And then at some point, I had that knowing of like, okay, this is just going to be my life, you know? Yeah, for
0: sure. I think everyone Mm -hmm. that commits to it eventually needs to have that feeling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess for me, if I don't make a very clear cut decision about something if I give myself any leeway at all like I'm gonna take that leeway and I'm not gonna go you know so I'm just like oh yeah this Mm -hmm. is it and this is what I have to do and and, I was a vegan for like eight years because I was just like no this is it like I need to I need to do this and Mm -hmm. and that was it and I didn't look back well until I stopped being vegan and (laughs) then yeah there was another regroup
0: (laughs) wait is there a reason that you stopped being vegan or anything yeah yeah
2: health wise I was having a hard time like digesting vegan protein it was making me sick so I had to go back to animal protein
0: so interesting cool
2: yeah very
1: interesting It's, it's cool though that um you know how to like listen to your body and you know what your personal boundaries are you know like that's a big thing to to know about yourself and for yourself so Definitely kudos on that. So yes. Yeah, so tell us like, okay, so you you're, you're in Hawaii, you're reaching out, texting people, you're like, I'm done. That was it. And then wh- what did you actually do to like regroup? And, you know, like, what were the practices that you used through this transition of, you know, quitting drinking? Like, you know, if you had to say maybe like three to five things that really supported you the most in, in the process, what what would they be?
2: yeah so I mean at first like the first I think three months I was sober it was really just like I had my ex-girlfriend who was you know like my person and she helped me out through a lot and I was miserable for those three months and it was like total just all willpower and you know she would be really kind and remind me like don't don't forget you're doing a really hard thing it's okay to rest like if all you need to do is not drink you know like mm-hmm. she was a really really great support um but while you know in that three months she brought me to a meet, like the in person of it i have such bad social anxiety it like made me feel worse to be there um i didn't get any comfort from being around like other sober people at all because i was just so anxious about being around all of the people Um, so I was like, whoa, that's not for me. And I like crossed that (laughs) off the list. Mm -hmm. Um, so I eventually started like looking for online resources and I, um, I found hip sobriety school and I did that. Um, I did that in spring of 2016 and, um, that, that school really just taught me how to live my life, um, without alcohol Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. changed my life. And I went from being miserable all the time to, like, feeling like I actually had, like, a little bit of control over how I felt and how to get through all of the terrible times. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was a big thing for me. Um, I also had, like, a really great support system of, like, people, people that I worked with. Um, There were a few people on my team at work who were just, like, really, really there for me. Um, and also my friend that we had are, that was like the really like catalyst for me getting sober that I had hooked up with. She was a really great support for me. Um, yeah. Also like walking. I like walk, <laughs> walk it out. So much, like, yeah. Yeah. so much like it was just, you know, like I would start feeling that, like that anxious, like feeling that I drank at and I was just like, Oh my God, I need to walk. And I would just walk so fast until i felt that feeling break and then i would just stroll back to wherever i had been at because it was the only way i could just get that physical feeling out of my body and i yeah. love
1: that i love that. that's great yeah such uh, a good thing because it's like you know you hear moving and physical activity but i've never actually heard someone say it it that way of like you I just walked until it, it was out of me and then yeah. as fast as
2: I could sometimes. Yes. Yeah, right. basically like running except not because I hate running. So like <laughs> right. as fast as I could walk without running. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. Love walking, hate running. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. I have, I don't like strenuous exercise. I like <laughs> calm
0: exercise.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> glad you had good. all those
0: resources available to oh you. It's good. Yeah. it's good hearing about someone's recovery pathway. That's like a variety of resources and not just one thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's kind of where we're moving towards in the recovery community these days. I think a lot of people use several different ways or resources to get sober. Mm. Yes,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Was there anything else of note that, Helped you and supported you. I know we got like online community, hip sobriety school, your friends walking Walking. out. What else? Anything?
2: I mean, I that I think that's mostly it because like my eating was still shit because yeah, it was just like all I have to do is not drink, so I just kind of like ate whatever I wanted to. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I still do that sometimes. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, I've been doing that
0: over the past week. So yeah, yeah. Um yeah. and Tracy how did you start your blog? Let's talk about that for a moment. LGBT teacher. Oh, yeah, I was going to say I want
1: to get into like what you're yeah. up to and stuff. Yeah. Which I know we were but
0: it's relatively new, so I think it's such a great and needed resource in this community. So explain to us how and why you started it.
2: Yeah, um I had been like looking around at all of my people and like my community that I had online and in person and just not seeing myself, um, you know, like I love, you know, like straight ladies, um, but like <laughs> I'm not a straight lady. So right. um, so I, I just wasn't seeing myself. And I, I, I thought to myself, like, oh, like if I'm not seeing myself, other people aren't seeing themselves. And and all everything that is done is like so great. But it's just like we can't really expect that people are going to want to make a change in their life if they don't see people who are like them making that change yeah um so it, it just really became something very important to me that i i not only share my story but i i think that the broader impact of of what i do is is really going to be like i want the community to share their stories so i do like a monthly feature right now called we're here we're queer and it's um a different person every month who um shares their story um of recovery re- like no matter what it is um and how and, and every person who shares that story is either queer or trans or, you know, fits somewhere in the LGBT umbrella, um, whether they be asexual, demisexual, bi, pan, whatever. Um, they fit into that umbrella and they're also in recovery. And I, I think that that is just something that's really not seen very often. Like if I Google if I Google like sober blogs or what have you, like, I love you guys, but like, it's all just like white, straight women or men.
0: Yes.
2: Or wow. like yeah. people yeah. who are not, people who are not visibly queer. So like, there are a few people who I know are queer, but they don't talk about being queer, you know? Right. So, um, and that that's, that's all you get. Like, and I've done, the, I've done the search with like different, different words, like different, all of that, but that's, every time it's just the same people who I love, but who aren't like me. Right. So, um, yeah. So I just think it's really important. Um, like also, also like the history of alcohol in the queer community is very, it's very deep and it's, mm-hmm. it's really oppressive. And, yeah. and I think that having a place to talk about that um, outside of of well-meaning straight people, um, is really important too.
0: Um, yeah. Right. I think that's so important and so well said and so much needed. And it's like those of us who have the privilege to be able to skip over those topics often do. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have someone that doesn't and, and can't and won't and is able and willing to speak up um, and start something really great like your blog.
1: I love that. And, like, I guess for me, like, sometimes my finger's not on the pulse because that's not – I don't – that's not my life. You know what I mean? So right. I'm really proud of you for noticing the gap there and yes. filling it, you know, because it's it's important for everyone to know that they – are not alone, no matter what their walk looks like. So I think that's amazing that you really took something on that was missing and,
2: and,
1: you know, something that could easily be overlooked. And now you're creating this space for people to say, Hey, like me too, you know?
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I love the, the, we're here, we're queer, queer stories, but I also love your other blogs that touch on somewhat taboo topics. Like periods and sex and that kind of stuff. It needs to be talked about more. So I'm so glad that you're stepping up and writing about that. And you're often posting about social justice topics on your Instagram, which I appreciate. And you teach me stuff every day. So I'm really grateful for you.
1: That's so cool. Actually, I was going to ask you, like, can you school me and like maybe our listeners? Because like, I know what the word queer means, but like, is there a preference on using that word over other words is like, can you like speak to Good that question. a little bit? Because I I feel myself kind of questioning like, oh, am I not using the right terminology? You know what I mean. So what's like proper and what's
2: not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so queer is a is an interesting word. I mean, I'm sure that you've you've all heard it being used as an insult. You know, as a kid, <laughs> like, yeah, what have you. Um, so it's been it's something that you know we've been um, as the LGBT community have been taking back and and reclaiming. Okay. Um so when and, and there are, are queer can be used in like many different ways, but in the instance in the way that I'm going to be talking about it, um, it really is just it's kind of like an umbrella sexuality. So um to say that you are queer, oftentimes that you're just rejecting labels. Mm-hmm. Um, you it's very similar to being say like pansexual um, or um, which pansexual in case you don't know, um, because not everyone knows is just Mm -hmm. being attracted to people of regardless of gender, like, and, and it doesn't matter what their gender is at all. Um, So to be queer often means that you are just attracted to people for who they are and you don't care about their gender. Sometimes people use queer at, interchangeably with their identity so like I identify as a lesbian um but I will also call myself queer but I still identify as a lesbian I mean it's not like an easy thing <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah that's
2: why I was like, then, like I need to ask this question because I'm yeah. I'm like I'm curious and I want to yeah.
1: make sure that like if and when I come into situations that I'm using appropriate and because I know how important that is like just yeah. in general you know
2: yeah, I mean, and, and in that instance, like, I would suggest possibly just saying, like, the LGBTQ community. Okay. Like, if you're not sure, don't use it. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. got it. Because, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just, in my mind, like, I, I was reading, like, your bio, and, like, you know, when we were talking about it, like, I think there is a stigma around the word queer, you know? And mm-hmm. so I just thought it was interesting that you use it, and I think it's really cool that you do. So that's why... I wanted you to elaborate on it, so thank you. Absolutely. (laughs) Cool. So um that's amazing. I think, yeah, I just think it's very admirable that you um are ready to take this on and you're doing it very eloquently, it seems like. So Mm.
2: thank you. I just do things slowly, so that's why.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's That's good. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So um Kind of like backtracking into how you got sober and you regrouped and maybe possibly even when you started your blog, because it sounds like maybe you started it after you found your recovery path. How has all of this changed your life?
2: Oh, it's just in so many ways. Um, so the main I think the main way um, my sobriety has changed my life is the fact that, like, I know that all of the feelings I have are actually my feelings, and they're not being numbed out or put there by a substance. Mm -hmm. So it helps me have just, like, a better, like, compass about the right thing for me to do at the time. Um, So that's, that's like, the number one change that has happened. Um, But also, like, with with LGBT teetotaler and, and all of the other work that I've been doing, the thing that's like really changed for me there is that, I mean, I just feel like, like, I've always said that, you know, if I can just like make a difference in one person's life, like I'm all set. But like, I just, you know, every time I start feeling like, Oh my God, this is like bullshit. Like, why am I even doing this? Like nobody should even be listening to a word I'm saying. Like I have no clue what I'm doing. I'll get like, (laughs) I'll get, like, a message or an email that's just like, oh, like, I really, what you're doing has, like, really, you know, given me hope or, like, I just feel more comfortable with who I am or, like, I've been in my sobriety. I've been, you know, like, questioning my sexuality and, like, thank you for being there and um, just knowing that, that my actions, like, actually have a positive impact on other people has been just the biggest gift Yes. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love I that. I know. i know. Yep. those mm-hmm. same feelings happen to me as well, Tracy, on days when I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm doing with myself or my life. Mm-hmm. And someone sends me a message like that and I'm like, okay. It's <laughs> like they know. They know
2: and they send it like on yes. the day that you're having that hard time. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like this is why. And then, you know, you just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's,
0: it's, it's kind of simple if you think about it all you have to do is share your story and your experience and the -hmm. people that it will resonate with will resonate with them and those are your people and if not they keep moving along you know it's like you don't have to like force anything you just have to be yourself and it helps other people and it's awesome it's such a cool thing
1: and I think it's like such a testament to to just being super transparent and vulnerable about what's going on I was actually talking with one of my like marketing clients yesterday and um, we were chatting and they were having like you know the comparison game going on a little bit and we got into this conversation and I was like you know you just got to open up and be transparent because people can't relate to perfect You know, and as soon as you start actually talking about things that you're struggling with or going with or, you know, these holes in our society where people are feeling left out, um, it's a game changer. And then you just know that whoever needs to read it or see it is going to. And then that becomes all that matters versus likes and shares and this other stuff that we put so much weight on.
2: Yeah. I often like think to myself, like the one thing that is a huge turnoff for me, like as far as like following social media accounts or or what have you is like, if a person is trying to be a brand and not a person, Yeah, I'm just like, no, like, stop it. Like, what are you writing? Like, this is not how a human being speaks or writes. Like, can you please like maybe be a human being about it? Yeah, Um, that's, that's the hard. And I think that it's probably, I mean, and for me it just that's just how I am but I guess for people that's hard mm-hmm. to just be a human being
0: so right. yeah well I think it goes along with just being vulnerable and sharing yourself I mean it can scare people so some people you know try to act perfect because that's safe you know yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah I've had to check myself a lot on that too because like I'm not particularly uh, like struggling with that much right now and but but then I still am you know and so I'm like I always have to kind of question myself of like when I'm sharing is this going to add value Um, and or am I just sharing because I feel like I should and I'm scrambling to come up with something you know and I think that's a really good way to kind of like stay in check (laughs) at least for me.
2: Yeah, I would say, like, what's my intention with this? Like, why am I wanting to share this? Like, Mm -hmm. is it just because I think I look cute? That's fine. Then just say that that's why
0: I'm sharing it. Like, I don't (laughs) totally. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, because we all feel like that sometimes. Charlie does that. She's like, I'm feeling myself (laughs) right now. I love it. I love that. And
2: that's fine. Like, that's real. But, like, trying to force some kind of moral or, like, story onto why you're sharing my, no, just, like, I look cute today.
0: Yeah,
2: I love that.
0: yeah, or on the flip side, like when you're having a crappy day, like, yeah. I like this. it makes me feel better almost to share on those days because I'm like, Ugh, I've been feel like I sometimes hold it inside and it's the end of the day and I had a mm-hmm. shitty day and I cried four times. I'm like, I'm just going to post something about this because I want to get it out. And then, you know, sure enough, someone says, oh, I had a crappy day, too, or I felt exactly like that. And I feel seen and they feel heard. And it's a reciprocal relationship. I love
2: yeah. That. And like, the getting, I love. It out, like mm-hmm. the getting it out, like the getting it out. So yeah
0: so what about advice tracy what are the three best pieces of advice you have ever received
2: okay i've been thinking about this because i'm not good at remembering things but i do (laughs) i do have three pieces of advice that are fantastic two of them were things that i learned in hip sobriety school so and this first one i have tattooed on my chest oh Um, my gosh this is is like (laughs) I feel like we need a drum roll (laughs) Um, and it's it's trust the evolution of my life Yes. yes so just like I just trusting like you know like I don't have a job right now but like just trusting that you know I'm just gonna keep working and I'm gonna keep looking for something and like know that like maybe it's not gonna turn out the way I want it to turn out but it'll turn out okay because that's that's just how it's going to be. It's how it has to be. Um, Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The second one is, is kind of related to that. And that's just keep going, you know, just like, even like when things suck, just like, just keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, you know, if you like this past week, I just got back from like a month long vacation in new England. And I've just been feeling really depressed because I'm not, all like, you know, so many of my friends and family are out there and it's, I have very few people out here and I've just been going through like the love withdrawals. So I just have to like, just keep going. It's okay. If I don't do much, I just have to do a little bit and it's okay. Yeah. Um, and then the third piece is like, you know, driving advice actually, but it's, (laughs) I, I, you could probably like, you know, like relate it to, to life as well, but it's, um, my mom always told me when I was, left, was leaving the house when I was a teenager, keep plenty of room between you and the car in front of you. <laughs> yep. And it's really like the I feel like it's a the best driving advice ever um, because <laughs> it gives you time to react. But also like you can relate it to human beings as well, and like just like make sure that you're you have your own space and you're not like encroaching on other people's space. You're not you're. Because if you get too close, then you're going to be affected by, like, bad decisions that they make, you know? Yeah.
0: Totally. Oh, my God. That's so true.
2: Yeah. I just got to chill a little bit because I just feel like that's such a good
1: metaphor, honestly.
0: Oh, my gosh. I would never think of it that way until you described it that way, and that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Always give yourself space, you know? Yeah in between you and whatever it is that you're doing. And I, Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good, important point. Um, and space, not just like blank space, but like space where you're actually taking care of you, you know, like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, I know we kind of touched more about your blog and, you know, sort of what you're up to with that, but like, why don't you tell us like, what's like really up for you what's like your plans for um what you're doing in um in your blogging space and you know how we can support you uh, let people know how they can follow you or like if maybe they have a story they want to share what's like how do people find you
2: yeah yeah my well my ultimate plan is to take it out of blogs and create real life community Mm -hmm. so like Um, I, I had been meeting with, um, a, a bunch of sober queer people when I was out in New England, just one-on-one. And we were talking about, um, different kinds of things that, um, we're missing and different things that we want and different things that we need. So I would really love to, to create like a collaborative kind of community where, where people can just support each other in real life, um, or online, um, what are the
1: things that are missing and like needed what were like the you know main points of your those conversations just so people understand
2: yeah i think that the the number one main thing is that in the lgbt community everything is related around alcohol and in a way that is like more concentrated than in like the wider sphere Mm. um so literally like the the only way that we were able to even exist and meet other queer people back in like the forties and fifties and sixties was to go to like secret gay bars. Like alcohol has always been the one thing that there was that was there, um, you know, to ease shame or to feel like you fit in or, you know, just because you're dealing with like having to like, being gay which was illegal um so that has just been like distilled into our community and how we do everything so everything is gay bars or you know drag brunch or you know yes Mm -hmm. it's like you know pride is sponsored by alcohol Alcohol. companies Mm -hmm. and it's just like that's it that's that's what there is so the I never never... even thought about it like that it's
0: so true Yeah. yeah yeah It's so true. Any any LGBTQ get together you hear of is always at a gay bar or has alcohol involved for sure.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And and the funny thing is, is that um, you know there are so many queer people and trans people have like substance abuse and addiction issues, but we don't talk about it. We like know that that's a thing, but it's not really super talked about in mainstream queer culture.
1: Yeah. And I think you nailed it because they're probably, it is not easy. It's hopefully it's because, I mean, you will have to tell me because I'm not sure, but hopefully it's becoming easier for you to, live and interact in that space and that world that you live in um but I know that it hasn't always been like an easy thing or widely accepted and it's it's moving more in that direction thankfully but it's probably because of people like you who are speaking up and speaking out and I would imagine that the substance use um issues are, p- are probably like a it's a coping mechanism right yeah
2: yeah oh yeah absolutely for for most people i didn't drink at my gayness at all like i was totally mm-hmm. okay with it mm-hmm. but for a lot of people they do right Not right to hide it or mm-hmm. to just be like oh like i can marry this guy it's good enough you know right. like one of those things right so, or if so, they're
0: confused or whatever mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah so like the overall theme in every single person i met which like i met up with i don't know like eight or 10 people over the course of a month in new england um was always just like having events or groups of people to like go to or hang out with that didn't revolve around alcohol and didn't make you feel weird for not drinking yes. so, uh, um, yeah so um yeah so like i i really want to be able to create that kind of like i don't know like an event group or something it's still in the works i don't really know i would just really love to see in the future that i'd like in like in a pride march you know or have a booth at a pride event that is just like a for sober queers like I, yeah
0: you know or see that i think that's totally possible yeah absolutely yeah. so but
2: if anyone you know wants to talk to me about that or wants to submit their story for we're here, we're queer, or just wants to support what I'm doing. Um, they can go to my website, which is LGBTotaler dot com. Um, or they could email me at LGBTTotaler at gmail com. Or they can find me on Instagram at Murph the Jerk. Um, yeah, because I'm I'm really I wanna just connect with as many people as I can and like find out what they need and what they're missing so that way we can make sure we have representation for everyone and i think that also like the whitewashing of the queer community is something that i want to address as well because there are plenty of queer and trans people of color that just don't get representation and um and i want to i want to make sure that they're not feeling left out and right have their voice out there
0: too Right. right So cool. there's a space for everyone at the table so we need to invite them and make sure yeah. they're there yeah
1: yeah and I like your Instagram handle but are you <laughs> are you
0: a jerk or are you not
1: I'm not I didn't way, think so I'm, I'm really nice yeah <laughs> I'm like you're not a it. jerk it's, it's yeah. funny I love it but, so yeah. so cool awesome yeah. um and when do like you said you do like a monthly newsletter when does that come out is that just like
2: once a month or no it's not a newsletter it's just a monthly the monthly share, for share. Where Got it. yeah okay so that's that's on the 15th of every month okay so. Awesome. cool so yeah, yeah
1: mm-hmm. if you're interested you guys go to check out her blog check her out on social media link up with tracy murph the jerk who's not a jerk (laughs) and juggles (laughs) and, um, yeah, check her out. Uh, I love what you're up to Tracy. It was really amazing to just kind of get like, even personally for me to just get like more of an idea and like my finger more on the pulse of, of all of the topics that you're taking up because, um, it's definitely, these are important conversations.
2: Yeah, I could literally talk about this for days and days and days. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Well, and that's when you know
1: you've found, like, your zone of genius, you know, when it's, like, you could be put on a stage and talk without a script. That's, you know, you're up to your passion, and that's awesome. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I so appreciate your work, Tracy. I'm so glad you're doing it, and I want to say thank you for all the work that you have done and that you continue to do.
2: Thank you so much.
1: And thank you for joining us today and sharing with us and being an open book. Um, yeah. M- major props to you for what you're up to. And um, I know that this message is going to serve a lot of people.
0: Yes, thank- I agree.
2: Yeah. This has been really great. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. And um, I guess that's a wrap. So we'll we'll see you guys on the interwebs in between. Yes. Our next show. yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See you
0: next time, guys. Bye, guys.